Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Literary Latte Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. And I'm Katie. And today, we are back to discuss a book. The book being The Lost Bookshop by Evie Woods. This is very exciting. Um, Katie, how are you? How have you been? Uh, I'm good. Just getting the work week started. It's been a fun week. I had a nice little weekend. How are you? I'm good. Same. Um, not looking forward to Thursday because that starts month and close yeah. for me. Um, so yeah, we're recording on a Tuesday this week. So I, I still have a day in between, but I'm still sad. I still don't want to do it. I still don't want to work. I just like, I don't know. Working's late. Yeah. I um sometimes I think I would love to be uh, a kept woman and not have to work. I then think I'd get bored. You probably would. I can't see you yeah. as the kept. I mean, unless you want no. it to be. You know, I support it, Katie. I mean, you know, never say never. Maybe I'll find a wealthy billionaire single. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in life? We know what? We don't need men to decide our fate and our financial future. Much Ooh. like the ladies in the Lost Bookshop by Evie Woods. Um. <laughs> what a transition. Right. Um, Katie, what did let's jump into the book. What did you think of the book this um time around? You picked it. I picked it. I picked this book because I felt like we needed a little bit of a palate cleanser, something that was like a little bit more feel good, um, that was gonna have presumably a happy ending. And something that was just going to be different from Daisy Hates and uh, get us out of the sadness that we both felt at the end of that book. So overall, I really like this book. I really liked the ending of this book. I think so far it might be one of my favorites. Um, I mean, it's early in the year, but I think it might be one of my favorites for the for the whole year. Really? Just because it was so happy and it was so comfy and cozy and like... Not from like a, a story this standpoint, from happy. just how I felt about the ending. <laughs> the ending, not the whole book. The, the ending, ending, yes. Um, overall, the book. Okay. Um, I felt like I will say the book got better as I read it. Mm-hmm. I, it it took me a minute to get invested in it. I would say mm, okay. the ending I liked. Um. I, I did like it. It it was happy. I wanted more. I have to say, overall, I just this book wasn't my favorite. That's fair. It just I couldn't it felt like a chore to read at times. Wow. Which could it sounds harsh right now. It's um okay. I appreciated a lot of the sentiments and like the themes and certain points of it. But a I just a lot of interesting themes in this book. A lot of interesting themes that I did like. I just don't know if I liked how it was told. That's fair. And I will say to back up my statement from earlier, I'm specifically talking about the ending because mm-hmm. we haven't 
really had like the last few books that we've read have had very open-ended endings whereas like Mm -hmm. this was purely a like full story encompassed in one book and so you got to see the full conclusion of everybody's story yeah and ultimately everyone gets a happy ending they do i'm so confused by some parts of it but maybe that's meant to be like some I of the, myth- a bit. the mystical stuff. I'm like, but wait a minute. What's happening? Yeah, <laughs> the magic element in this book is definitely just like old Irish Celtic magic. Like okay. it's not really explained. It's not really like fleshed out. You just kind of have to go in with the knowledge that Ireland is magical okay. because of its like Celtic roots. So, okay. Maybe. Yeah, I which I guess like if you're. If you don't know that, um, or you're like, I was like obsessed with shows. Like, I really liked Outlander for a while, which is technically Scotland, but mm-hmm. you know, have the the, the Celtic uh, influence there. <clears throat> and then, um, I think just in general, any anywhere where there has been, like, I think like druids and and that kind of thing, where there's this this kind of just mystical magic kind of imbued into the land itself okay yeah that knowledge probably could have helped me a little bit going into it because i'm like what is happening why can martha read minds as well mm-hmm. not explained why is <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's never explained why like why is there a tree growing in the middle of her room and there's like it she's just like yep this is how it is now <laughs> why is she hearing spoiler alert her great-grandmother speak Emily Bronte's rumored second manuscript so she mm-hmm. can tattoo it on her body. Well, and the tattoo just shows up. The yeah. end of the tattoo at just some point, shows up it on just her shows back. Up at the yeah. End. yeah. I'm like, no, wait a minute. I will say too. <laughs> and I guess after I just say this, we you could read the summary. But I was just like, I think for me, it was hard to care about a concept where it's like people just trying to find like old literary like I'm like and I like to read like this literary yeah. latte podcast but I'm like we're trying to find letters for Emily Bronte yeah to prove this but you and I'm don't like, you don't read like classic literature though not typically I, like you not you tip- which nothing yeah. wrong with it you just typically enjoy like, more you're not modern things the classic lit- literature <laughs> well I was gonna say like classic literature there is like there is there is there are people who really dive deep into this kind of stuff which Mm -hmm. is what you see from opaline um and even henry like this is their like their whole world revolves around that like i've seen even you see it on tiktok sometimes or like instagram reels where you'll have like collectors who are talking about like oh i have this letter from tolkien to c.s lewis Um, Or I have this, you know, in the book, we see letters amongst like the Bronte sisters, Mm -hmm. sewing kits, like all of this stuff where if it was owned by a classical or classics author, um, people are like really interested in it for some reason. I mean, it's collector stuff. So, yeah, which, you know good for them i'm just like (laughs) why not for me not for me why there's five pages in a row dedicated to this one artifact that i don't care about um but you know it's fine you know everyone i'm sure there's a lot of people who would enjoy that you being one of them 
which is good, you know? I don't necessarily, I, I think there's interesting Component. information about, yeah, there's interesting components to it. There's interesting, like, uh, facts about their lives. I think that kind of stuff is interesting. If, would I buy, like, Jane Austen's sewing kit? No. Because, like, what am I going like, to do with that? hidden in it. I actually, funny enough, I would. <laughs> if it was reasonably Yeah, you priced, probably would. not for Yeah. like, you know, if it was just like there and it was like a steal, sure. Not like I would steal it, but like a steal in price. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't. I don't feel the need to like go and hunt down any of this stuff. I like. I love Pride and Prejudice. It's one of my favorite books. But I'm good with just like owning a copy of it. She's like, I don't I'm need good to find with the like searcheroni. a first edition. <laughs> oh, I love the wait. That's Little Women. That's not Pride Oh and my Prejudice. god, I'm dumb. Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> That's Kira Knightley, right? You're nightly. Kira Knightley. Yes, the hand flex. Sorry, I Do got you it know confused. the scene I'm talking about? No. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Brandon. I often The know things like about things without ever okay. seeing things. The Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice is phenomenal, and it is one of my comfort movies. I need you and Gia to link up and talk because I feel like she I loves. yeah. I think me and Gia would be friends. Ask Gia about I think so, the too. the hand flex. Be like, Katie mentioned something about a hand flex in Pride Oh, is and Prejudice. it like how Let's you see what hold she does. your hand or something? No. I Oh. mean, there is there is like the touching of hands involved, but there's a very specific scene in the Kira Knightley Matthew McFadden Pride and Prejudice movie that is like it is just un for as unsexual as it is, it is it's so like a sexually charged moment. But Katie, I like it. would you like to read the summary you have I for would the Lost Bookshop? love to. I'd love to. On a quiet street in Dublin, a lost bookshop is waiting to be found. For too long, Opaline, Martha, and Henry have been side characters in their own lives. But when a vanishing bookshop casts its spell, these three unsuspecting strangers will discover that their own stories are every bit as extraordinary as the ones found in the pages of their beloved books. And by unlocking the secrets of the shelves, they find themselves transported to a world of wonder where nothing is as it seems. Martha arrives in Dublin looking for shelter. Looking to escape the life she has been living, she finds work as a housekeeper for an elderly lady with sleeping arrangements included. She wants to be invisible. She seeks silence. She needs safety. As the days pass, she becomes more used to her role, servicing the demands of her new boss. She experiences a temporary peace in the cocoon of the basement she resides. Henry arrives in Dublin from the UK in search of something. On the threshold of a big decision in his personal life, he needs this escape to Dublin to follow a thread to uncover a piece of the past that he is finding challenging to get a solid hold on. Henry accidentally stumbles upon Martha, and it's very clear to Henry that Martha's life has been difficult. She's a fragile soul, one he is immediately drawn to, for some unexplained reason. Opaline is about to be married off in an arranged marriage, negotiated by her overbearing brother. Opaline covets adventure and freedom, so she decides to take a leap of faith, 
escaping to the streets of Paris, to a city that is overflowing with culture and artistic souls. Her head spins when she realizes the enormity of her decision, but Opaline's determination to not return home boards her into an unexpected but very welcome churn of events. Martha, Henry, and Opaline are oblivious to the invisible threads that bind them. As their stories unfold, we were transported back to Paris and Dublin in the 1920s and to a special bookshop that has rather extraordinary powers. In this book, the author combines the hardship and reality of life with warmth and magic, creating a wonderful reading experience that dips into mystery and the curious and ultimately ends with everyone being all right, which I loved. Just all right, you know, everyone made it through. Everyone made it through. There was some really like hard themes in this book. There was, and that's why I thought it was a little funny when it was like, oh, we're going to read this book because it's like a palate cleanser um, from Daisy Hates, but no, arguably. I... <laughs> I Googled the feel good books. Really and this good. is like the this is one of the ones that came up that was like, oh, this actually sounds really interesting. Because yeah. I, like I mentioned earlier, I really like like Celtic history. And like I think Ireland is such a cool place and I would love to visit one day. Like I've been to Scotland and Scotland is gorgeous. Um, and I just love everything about that. So when I saw that's where it was set, and then with this like this vanishing bookshop i was like oh my gosh it's a magic bookshop like what's gonna happen with this what's the magic so it didn't quite play out the way that i was expecting it to but i think where the feel good part comes in is in the ending where it's like you see yes these people went through a very hard time but ultimately like things played out the way that they needed to to get them to ultimately where they they had like fulfilling lives with people who love them. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, I did like the theme. One of my favorite themes that was going on throughout the book is essentially, and I think the overwhelming theme was like feeling stuck in life and feeling unhealthy, unhappy and unhealthy mm-hmm. in life or whatever. And just like trying to like take the reins on your life and do what you love mm. and like take authority over your life yeah. and just truly live the life you want to live and not be held down by anyone or anything. And I feel like we saw that a lot with mm-hmm. um the three characters that were like the three yep. point of views we got throughout it. And that was something I really appreciated throughout. Even before I got invested in the book, I was like, I don't like this book, but I like this part of it. <laughs> yeah, I would say Opaline is a very interesting character because she is the character that we see that is in the ni- the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And then Henry and Martha are in like modern day Dublin. And yeah. um, Opaline is very much a woman who was just kind of caught in the world that she lived in, meaning like she didn't really have that many options. Things were starting to become more available to women, but there was still definitely like a very patriarchal mindset. Like, right. You see that with her quote unquote brother, um, who you find out is actually, yeah. 
you find out actually her father that he had like fathered her out of wedlock with a woman from Paris when he was like was 18. Fine. Yeah. And then his parents were like, you you have to take like he got like the, the woman that he had, had the baby with, like dropped her with him. And then his parents were like, we'll raise her and you can be her brother. Um, and so that caused like a ton of resentment and he's like trying to marry her off to gain like power and wealth and she's like absolutely not i'm not doing this and like dips out and like runs off to paris but she even leaving her brother behind and like trying to escape that life she is caught in this cycle of having to constantly watch her back because Mm -hmm. she never knows when someone's going to catch up with her when you know when someone is going to see her and report her whereabouts to her brother slash father yeah and trying to establish herself in her career when like at that yeah. time women aren't taken seriously and then she's dealing with um that yeah. armand guy who is her um baby daddy. oh yes yes her uh her 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 lover um yeah, yeah i've i had mixed feelings about him I liked him at first. Yeah, I did too. And then it took a turn because it was clear like, oh, he's using her for like information because he was in this literary world of trying to find stuff and like going to auctions and things like that. And then when she eventually comes across Emily Bronte's lost second manuscript, he's like, I'll take care of this for us. And she's like, bitch, this is my discovery. She's like, us? Us? (laughs) Us? There is no us. This is me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that whole scene, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Come on, dude. I know. I will say, um, Opaline. Is it Opaline or Opaline? Opaline. Opaline. I'm just so wrong. Um, Opaline. Okay. She had, starting off, like, my least favorite point of view. I just found her mm-hmm. as a little boring. But then it, it really took off and it became my favorite one. And it, it really well, her, like her storyline intense. Pedal. It did. Yeah. At one point, her uh, brother dad was like, <laughs> "You're coming with me to this insane yeah. asylum, right? Because women, you're you're wrong, and women are crazy, and you should have done what I said." Yeah. And so she's like in this insane asylum for how many years? It's a long time. Like it's a long time. Yeah, it's a well, it's it's how much I can't remember how long it actually is now. It might be like two, two or three years, two? like not like 15 years, but it's it's I think it's more long. than two or three. Well, there was like a whole war, that's true. That's a valid then, point. It was long enough that like her mother had died while she was in there, yeah. And so it's one where, um, yeah, like the war started, and I think she was kind of they were forgotten about. Um, but like her brother was still alive, so it wasn't long enough that like all of her family had died; just her mom died. Yeah, and then like she was pregnant at the time by Armand's baby, and she had thought yeah. she lost the baby, but the baby ended up being alive. And yeah. to which we know that it was actually Martha's revealed to be Martha's grandmother, Rose. Mm-hmm. Which I like yeah. that twist. I kind of had a feeling. I actually thought. Madame Bowden. 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 She, I thought she was going to end up being Opaline. I kind of did too. And I actually was kind of curious as to who you think she actually was. Because again, they don't ever explain it. She just like, 
she's there and then she suddenly disappears and she seems to know things and only certain people see her mm-hmm. and so like martha's mother at one point comes to visit and she even though martha introduces her mother to madame Bowden, uh her mom's like oh i can't wait to meet her and she's like you did and then she has friends over to celebrate her birthday and they are all like, yeah, we never saw her. She never came around, even though, like, Henry saw her that night. And she just one day disappears. And so I wasn't clear if she was supposed to be Emily Bronte or if she was supposed to be um, Opalyn. Like, I, I wasn't sh- totally sure who who Madame Bowden was supposed to be. Yeah, it was a bit. I'm not sure. I took it as... And maybe this is this is probably wrong, but I was like, because it was something like with the lost bookshop stories come to life or something mm-hmm. like that. I yeah. thought she was just a character from maybe a book that was there. Oh, okay. I was coming to like look over everything because it was maybe interesting because it was like the moment where like the friends came over for the party. But then when um Martha had left them and then came back the next morning, everything was clean as if no one was Oh, there. yeah. Madame Bowden's I, I took that yeah. as like a story from the Lost Bookshop coming oh. to life. And it's like you're almost interacting with it. And because okay. Martha inex- inexplicably, I can't speak, inexplicably. Inexplicitly? I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. Inexplicably. Okay, I know what you mean. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you that. go. That's the word. I was thinking since Martha could like inexplicably like read thought or hear thoughts or hear hear mm-hmm. voices. She I can like say. read people. And yeah. she can read people. Yeah. I was just like, maybe she has this connection, which I guess we know the connection now. It's like that mm. Opaline is her great grandmother. Yeah. But it was some mystical connection that like mm-hmm. the stories would like come back to yeah. life. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That's actually a really fun theory. Or it could be like, um, yeah, like there's some somehow the the bookshop is like manifesting into like people, like corporal yeah. like manifestation, um, which also would be kind of fun. Like that's I I like see that's the part of the book that I did like when it comes to like the magic side of things. It's not super explained, and so you can kind of read into it in any way that you want. This is true. I do wonder why Henry was able to, maybe because I guess he's Martha's soulmate. So there's that connection. I think the books, the bookshop decides who gets to see it. A home for the people who need. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's like lost. It's like a home for lost people. Mm -hmm. And the lost bookshop for lost people. Okay. I like it. I like that too. I like it a lot. Um, who, um, who, which character did you feel connected to the most? Did you like one more than the others? Was there one you hated? Um, I don't know that I felt very connected to any of them just because it was one where I've not really experienced the things that these characters have gone through, but I think there were themes that I connected with because, because there are like, we talked about the overarching theme, but I think there were kind of interesting ideas throughout this book so one of them is that martha's mother doesn't speak like she's noted at the beginning of the book to say like she doesn't speak and so martha knows sign and talks to her mother through sign 
but then at the end you find out that her mother actually could speak and there's a line that she talks where Martha makes a comment about her mother silencing herself to be able to survive her husband and so I think the theme of women silencing themselves to be able to survive harsh men was handled really respectfully in this book and in a very like human way because it wasn't something that was like in your face and you kind of saw this contrast between Martha's mom and then Martha where Martha escapes her abusive husband Mm -hmm. um and ultimately like Madame Bowden actually like helps Martha well obviously not helps Martha that's not the right way to say this but like Madame Bowden like pushes the Martha's husband off the stairs and he ends up dying shane shane yeah um but so like the bookstore via madame bowden is like helping martha escape her husband so that she does not have to silence herself and so you see this contrast between martha's mother having to silence herself and martha not choosing not to choosing to find a way even though it's hard and even though doesn't go well you know she still finds a way to escape so she doesn't have to silence herself mm-hmm. i just thought that was a very interesting theme to wait to weave into this book and you kind of see the same thing with opaline too where what her brother wants is for her to shut up and do what she's told and she again pushes back and says i'm not going to do this i'm going to make my own journey i'm going to make my own path and even though like she goes through some really hard times like she gets locked in this lunatic asylum um she still is is, like she has that like fighting spirit in her she does Mm -hmm. they overcome the men trying to silence them and take them over because men suck i just think that in a patriarchal society men aren't taught to be considerate and so if if you're allowed to showcase the worst parts of your personality with no repercussions, then those worst parts are going to continue to come out. Yeah, because her brother dad was extreme. Because he yeah, her was brother like dad was crazy. in the war and like he would yeah. have like soldiers killed if they were seen yeah. as weak. Like he yeah. he was suffering from a lot of he should have been yeah. in that asylum. Yeah, he should have. Not openly. Yeah. Or open. Yeah, he was he was a little cuckoo. Um, and then the other the other theme that I was really that I thought was really interesting, and I'm curious if you picked up on this. I did write it down, but you and I are have very different family dynamics. Mm-hmm. And you don't yet, none of your brothers have kids yet. And so you haven't seen your parents become grandparents. But Henry's father in this book is an alcoholic mm-hmm. and Henry talks about the impact that that had on him. His father was very abusive to him and his mother and would just disappear and would try and get clean and then ultimately would just relapse and then would disappear for years. And it was just a cycle and it's just really hard for him. Um, ultimately his dad kind of turns things around and after his sister, Henry's sister has a baby he and his father reconnect and Henry acknowledges that his father would and could show up as a grandfather in ways that he 
would not or could not show up as a father. And I think that that's a very interesting, interesting thing to acknowledge because oftentimes we look at our parents and we see the ways that they failed us and the ways that they didn't show up for us. But then you look at them as grandparents and suddenly they're able to show up in ways that you wish that they would have for you as a kid. Mm -hmm. I guess they were parenting you. You wish that they would have shown up in the way that they are now showing up for their grandkids. And that's like, that's kind of something that you have to process through. And mm -hmm. I just, again, was thought it was really interesting that the author talked about that because it's not something that I had really thought about, even though I have like a bajillion nieces and nephews <laughs> and have seen my parents, like my parents are phenomenal grandparents um, and are definitely way more engaged and happy and just you know life is not as stressful for them as it was when I was growing up because they had so many kids and that they were trying to provide and like fully believe that they did the best that they could um but it's still something where they're able to show up as grandparents in ways that they couldn't as parents and while that's great that's also something that you have to reconcile with as an adult yeah, it can be easy to get bitter about that. I would say especially maybe in Henry's case, because it's mm -hmm. like, oh, you couldn't get better for me. But now all of a sudden you're like yeah. in this rehab and you're like turning your life around. I can yep. say for the simple like like your parents, maybe like I don't know, but like as an example for them, like seeing them as grandparents, it could be because there's like not as much pressure as mm -hmm. like with yeah. your actual kids. So it's sure. like, oh yes, I could be a little more there fun because I get to leave. And also it's like, <laughs> oh, they're not really mine. <laughs> Where, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> so it's like with kids, it's like, oh my God, they're around me all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah. I do wonder maybe with Henry's dad, if it just hit him harder, how much he should change because now his mm -hmm. kids are having kids. Yeah. So it really pushed him to like get better. But that does suck for Henry. Oh Henry, that yeah. that dope. <laughs> he's a, he's 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 a lovable dope, but he, he definitely is. is a dope. Yeah, he, he like there's so many things where I'm like, dude, what is happening? He's just like the like the awkward scholar. Yeah, and uh, just always says the wrong thing. <laughs> like when trying to flirt with Martha, always says the wrong thing. Another thing with uh -huh. him and Martha, can people ever just communicate their feelings? The no, amount of times it was like, oh, I know they don't like me, so I'm just going to leave. I'm like, really? This has happened eight times. And you guys keep coming back <laughs> to each other. So clearly you like each other. But then at that point, Martha was like, uh -huh. oh, I don't want to get into anything serious because I don't want to lose myself again. And it's like, okay. But then they like keep going back and forth. And eventually they do end up together. I do wonder, hearkening back to Shane, do we think Madam Bod Bowden, like, actually pushed him like what do we think happened because if we're I gonna go the, under the notion that madame Bowden isn't real then she couldn't have i think you have to suspend reality and say that the the house or the bookshop uh interfered on martha's behalf i was also wondering if he even was there to begin with well i think he, he I think he would have had to because they had a body. Like, they buried a body. Other people saw his body. They did, but they found his body somewhere else, right? They had put in, like, was it a lake? 
Well, that's another good point too. Like Martha. So like before you find out that like Madame Bowden seemingly is not real. Um, when, when Shane had, um, had been killed, Madame Bowden tells, uh, Martha to like go to the shops and, She's like, what? And then when she comes back, his body's gone. So to your point, maybe I don't maybe know what like he was there and like something else what happened <laughs> yeah. or like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened to his I body. Don't know if Martha suffered from seeing he was there, but he really was never in the bookshop. I don't know. I don't know, and we won't know. Yeah, he that's a really was, very but... good point. I I didn't think about that once we found out that Madame Bowden wasn't actually real. Another thing that kind of made me think she's like a story in like one of the books was just like her story in general, where it's like she was this like, quote unquote, Hollywood figure or somebody who like wanted to be a star and like not balloons showing up when I did quotation marks just now on the Zoom. Anyways, um, but also like she had so many husbands that ended up dead. It was just a very, it read yeah. as like a book. Like it didn't oh, read it did. as like yeah, a real person. Yeah. Did you ever read um, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo? I did not. So that's a good book. Um, yeah, I, that's, and when you were talking about like all of her husbands, I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that book, so many husbands. Um, maybe. Yeah, I could see that. Honestly, I'm not mad with the theory that she's like a story from the bookstore come to life. Yeah, I'll take it. It still doesn't answer this question of who killed Martha's husband and who, who took care of the body. We but... can add it to a list of um, unanswered questions. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, got rid of the husband. So, and Martha was the better for it. We did. Um, I liked Martha. She seemed cool. She had. Yeah. I think, she had. I think my favorite one beginning with like POV. Mm-hmm. yeah like... she 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 went through a lot but then ultimately like was figuring herself out and like picking herself up and and getting herself situated for the life that she wanted yeah that's good i like that for her and then with henry his whole thing it was the dad but it was also like he was engaged to someone that he wasn't really like in love with. He was like going through the motions with life, it seemed. Yes. And he just had so much yes. pressure trying to find all these literary artifacts and people were giving <laughs> him loans and stuff. And I'm this like, what happens when you're a scholar is people, you get grants and then they take their funding away. Yeah. And he was going through it. He was, they, he was going through it. They never found the manuscript though. No, because no. the bank in a bank in Dublin. Yeah. Because Matthew, one of Opaline's friends who ran the bank, hit it, but then he died. He was killed in the war. Not because he was fighting. He was visiting and there was a bomb. He died, which was sad. I liked Matthew's character. I did too, even though wasn't he Jiona's wife? I think so. I was not 100% clear as to whether or not he and his son's mother were together. Yeah, it was a little... Because it's... He which never did, I think, was, like, kiss once, which yeah, isn't good, but it, it wasn't, like, an affair um, Yeah, because, like, they didn't... Um, they, they didn't... He never referred to her as his wife. He only referred to her as the son's mother. Mm-hmm. So maybe they weren't together. 
Oakley had an interesting like um roster. <laughs> I trying to think whatever what other word to use there. Um because it She was like did. Uh, Armand. Um and then it was Matthew and then Armand again. And then the the soldier who ultimately like ends up being like her soulmate. Yeah. I don't how did you feel about the soldier? Other than I just thought he seemed nice, but didn't I I didn't feel like their connection came through. It was it felt random because he uh -huh. was just he was squatting, not squatting, he would go there to read <laughs> when she was in the asylum. He was a prisoner of war. He was. And he would show up at the bookstore. She was in the asylum. He would show up at the bookstore to read. And then he she comes back and is like, What are you doing here? And then they like stir up a friendship and then seemingly fall in love. He sounded kind of ideal because he mm -hmm. looked he sounded hot, helpful, and he shut up. Wait, wait, where's the shutting up coming from? Well, he just didn't talk that much. I feel like he did. He was made a few words. Oh, yeah. Which okay. you know, I actually don't know if I that would be ideal. I would want someone to talk to me, but you know, he was helpful, so that's good. And he didn't say anything yes. stupid. And given the other men in this book, you know what? It was good that maybe he didn't say something. But yeah. um, I feel like it kind of it like. I don't know, because it, it was just weird, because she was very disheveled after her stint at the asylum, which makes sense. Understandable. So, yeah. It, it was it just, it, it was a jump, because it was like, okay, and then he was like, he would show up and like, without even speaking, like, just show up with like, either food or like, blankets, like, stuff. Like, he was very helpful, very good guy. It mm -hmm. was a little random, because it was like, it would talk about they were just in silence, and then all of a sudden, when he had to leave, it was like, wait, I love you. It's like right. okay. so I wouldn't necessar necessarily say I wouldn't necessarily say it translated. But yeah, it is it felt very abrupt and kind of just like, oh, you needed a way to, to wrap up this story. Like I was happy about it because I wanted her to have a happy ending. And ultimately, like she finds someone who loves her and is very supportive of her and you know, all of these good, great things, right? She ends up having a really happy ending after the craziness of her life and just all of, like, the really sad things that she endured. But, yeah, I, I, I wasn't as connected with him. and I didn't feel like they had as good of chemistry. But maybe it's because, to your point, he was kind of the, you know, the strong, silent type. Mm -hmm. And so that was the connection that she needed after a really like rough life she needed to someone who was like like quiet and steady and and pure that's... intentions mm -hmm. not yeah. like a grifter or anything like that right. or abusive nothing like right. that just very yep. nice and noble yeah. um yeah so that was good um what was it i'm trying to think what else like happened in this book well, that's good. I mean, we've, we've pretty much talked through most of it. At the end of the yeah. day, Henry and Martha end up together and they have a son and um, 
they are are chatting like the son and Martha are chatting at the end of the book and telling you know Martha's telling that was the their story. son. It was their son. Yeah, was I think it? so. I'm pretty sure it was their son. I thought it was just like a random school kid that like liked the shop. Oh no, I thought it was their son. Oh my god. Comment below. What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was their son. Um, because no, it wasn't. She gave him a book for free. Okay, I uh, clearly I missed that. And then it was just like she wouldn't give her son. Like she'd be like, "Yeah, this is our shop." <laughs> <laughs> Again, with the elements though of the magic, it was like because sometimes like her her um room was randomly growing a tree yeah and i was and then all of a sudden disappeared yeah it was just like the tree was normal yeah and then, like, <laughs> it was a point where i was like i feel like we should be harping on this tree a little bit more yeah and then like certain parts like books would randomly show up in her room like normal people yeah. some other book a book that opaline actually wrote a uh -huh, place called yeah. lost or something yep. where it was a lot yep. of her story yep um but yeah yeah, it was um <laughs> I again like it was a warm and fuzzy ending to the book, which was nice. It was a warm and fuzzy ending. Mm -hmm. I the book I, itself I, was rough. The book itself <laughs> it was a journey. It had many it ups a, and yes. downs. Yeah. But we can say we read it. We can. And I I would say that I liked um I liked it overall like it was it was a fun fun read it was a fairly easy read overall um and but had some had some really interesting thought-provoking themes so I that would be i would that. yeah i think that would i would just say if you're looking for an easy read this is a great book if you're looking for something that is going to rip your heart out or you know if you feel super strong emotions this is not that book but it's a very enjoyable, like, I would almost call this like a vacation read. Yeah. Okay. I never read on vacation before. I never can. I don't know why. Oh, I read so much on vacation. I should. Yeah. Katie's going to have a birthday vacation soon. Hey. 32. Anyways, but, um, rating the books. Rating the books. Katie, overall, like, what would you rate this out of one to five lattes? And who are you getting a coffee with? I'm going to rate this a 2.75 out of five. Really? Yes. I think, again, as we've talked about it, I think it's a book that's enjoyable. But overall, definitely had some plot holes. Um liked the ending of it but i have lots of questions now at the end of this podcast of like what was happening here you're like now that i've um, discussed this i feel like i don't <laughs> even know <laughs> but still enjoyable and would still like again like vacation read type book i think okay um who would i get a coffee with i would probably get a coffee with um oh my gosh what is her name the the lady who ran the ran the bookstore in Paris. Oh, Sylvia. Sylvia. Sylvia yes. Beach. Yes. 100% Sylvia Beach. She I was, was so fun. And she, her and her partner ran the first bookstore that Opaline worked at after escaping from her brother slash father. Um, and 
she just seemed so kind and so fun and so like open and blunt and just like a like she'd be a really like fun person to interact with plus i bet she has like a ton of stories oh for sure oh yeah it'd be so good it would be um i yeah i like that i was gonna say sylvia too but i can say someone else um uh i'm surprised we can have a we can have a group group coffee this is true um i'm surprised you rated it as low as you did i was expecting higher because now i thought i was gonna go low because i'm going with 2.5 lattes out of five but i was gonna feel bad i was like oh i feel like that was low but i have to speak to my heart but then when you (laughs) said 2.75 i'm like oh okay but yeah because i would say uh, overall again like the themes some of the concepts are cool but overall just couldn't get invested in like the plot about finding like literary manuscripts and like letters and other artifacts like i guess it's interesting but i'm also like doesn't mean i want to read your vibe it's not my vibe like maybe if they mentioned it a little but it was like a lot yeah that was like the main theme of this book yeah and then again like with the questions and like a lot of open-endedness which is fine but it felt almost surface level in certain areas to where you couldn't really sink your teeth into it. Mm, it did get to yeah. a point towards the end, though, where I was more invested and it didn't feel as much of a chore to read. But, you know, it shouldn't take till the end of the book to do that. Um, yeah, so 2.5. Um, yeah, I'm down to get coffee with Sylvia and you. We can have a little trio. Mm-hmm. Go to Oxford Be fun. Exchange. Have a little oat milk lattes. You know, trying oh, to I think she milk. would love oxford exchange she would and they have books there they do have books there i feel like it fits um but yeah that's pretty much it for the lost bookshop but we do have our pick for the next book we're gonna read it's my pick and i'm not quite ready yet for the third magnolia parks book but don't worry it's coming um (laughs) this book i chose uh I feel like it's um, a return to a theme we haven't touched on. Well, we haven't touched on this year. Obviously, we've only read two books and it just started. But um, a few books that we read and liked um, last year, Silent Patient being one in particular that would remind me of it. But the book we're going to read is A Flicker in the Dark by Stacey Willingham. And... um, yeah, it's, it seems to be like a, a murder mystery of some sort. I, I know I'm kind of blanking on the description I had read last week when I picked it, but it sounds to be something like up that alley. So I feel like it could be interesting. And it showed up on a TikTok because I was looking because I really didn't know what book to pick next. I didn't know what kind of mood I was in. So I was, I was referring to um tick, book talk to see like what's trending or what people are recommending and this was one of them and i was like you know what i feel like i've Hmm. seen this title before let's um do it yeah this sounds fascinating i just pulled it up and it actually sounds really interesting it does i'm excited to start it Um, oh her dad was a serial killer oh and that's all y'all need to know about the book unless you read it um, <laughs> um, I'll probably start it next week because close starts this week, but we'll see. Um, but next week we will be back with another coffee break, and then the week after that we'll be covering a flicker in the dark. So 
stay tuned for that. In the meantime, make sure to rate and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure to leave a review as well. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at the literary lot. I can't speak. Like I'm literally like I'm trying to speak. It's like, also late. It's, it's late, late and I'm like, follow us here. Follow us at on Instagram and TikTok at the Literary Latte Podcast. You can also send us an email with any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns at the Literary Latte Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. And if you want to hear about my first date in Florida, come back next week. We'll talk about it. Yep. Um, <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye, y'all. <laughs>